And welcome to another episode of Hell's Kitchen Cast. Fuck. Oh my god. We're not doing fuck again. <laughs> That's a bad show. <laughs> Three, two, one. What's the name of the show? <laughs> Men with Fear. Okay. Three, two, one. Hello, howlers, and welcome to another episode of Hell's Kitchen Cast, Men with Fear, the final episode for this season. I am Kingpin Chaos, a.k.a. Chip Sella, and joining me, as always, the one, the amazing, the awesome, the astonishing, Agent Andy Ant-Man Urquhart. How you doing, Agent? Yes, not too bad this week, not too bad. Don't screw me up, Andy. We've already had to do a couple outtakes here. <laughs> uh, we are recording on Sunday night, and we were trying to figure out, you know, we were talking about doing a separate post-mortem show. Uh, we have S.H.I.E.L.D. We have the last episode of Daredevil, which we're discussing tonight. I did watch the right episode, right, Andy? Yes, please. This is this is it, right? Yeah, yeah. It was the, was the final episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we want to get the shield, we have the shield, uh, primer and recap from last season. Plus we want to talk about the ghost rider. So it was a lot of shows and we just don't, our schedules just don't mesh more than once or twice a week tops. True. Yeah, pretty much. This, this week's a bit of, a bit of an anomaly. Yeah. So, when we started figuring out when when the hell we were going to do all of this, we decided, uh, you know, originally we were going to do a separate post-mortem and maybe get some guests. It just wasn't working out. So, we're going to do episode 13 and our own little post-mortem for the season tonight. And then, uh, sometime in the next week or so, do our uh, shield primer. Yep. And then sometime later this month, we will do our Luke Cage primer, but... One thing at a time. Uh, so, Andy, we decided that 
we're going to hold off on news because it's only been a few nights since we recorded the last episode and we'll cover that when when we do our shield uh, the first episode of shield for the season so i guess we can get right into it tonight yeah straight into the devil straight into him let's do it man Cool, so this is Season 2, Episode 13 of Daredevil, which was called A Cold Day in Hell's Kitchen. Now, it didn't look that cold. <laughs> it is December. December in New York December, can be cold. Yeah, yeah they, they definitely mentioned that a few times just mm-hmm. to remind you that this, this is why it's cold. Mm-hmm. It's December. I've never been in New York in December or any other time, so I can't. <laughs> Can't tell you what it's like there. <laughs> I was about to say, when the hell were you in New York? <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> um, it's you know, it's the Northeast. Um, I have been in New York in weather where I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt and still extremely hot and sweaty. And I have been in New York when it's been uh, minus five. Five below zero Fahrenheit mm. with wind. So uh, it can get pretty freaking cold in New York. Okay. That's not that's not uh, Celsius. That's Fahrenheit, Andy. Okay. <laughs> so that's like minus 20, 25 Celsius. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. That's pretty cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be wearing like eighteen jackets if it, if it was. Like, in fact, I wouldn't even go outside. I'd just go. Nope, I'm just staying inside. Yeah, it was a miserable couple of days. <laughs> anyway, this was not a miserable episode. <laughs> no, this was an amazing. <clears throat> excuse me, amazing episode. So, um, in this episode, we kicked off seeing uh, Nobu having a look at the the mystery box. Which we still don't know what it does. What's in the box? What's in the What's box? In the box? What's in the box? <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's severed head. <laughs> uh, so Nobu's uh, ginger ninja assistant tells him that there are 20 targets in New York and he wants to hit all of them. And uh, apparently Daredevil is the only thing that's standing in their way. Now, I, I kind of thought this was them like talking about like placing bombs or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems very non-hand-like to be talking about this, like hitting twenty targets at one sort of thing. But we, we, we'll get into that more uh, later in the episode. Um, you know, Daredevil's got Stick tied up in his apartment. He's <laughs> kidnapped Stick, <laughs> and Stick is kind of Stick is cranky. Yeah, he's in a bad mood. And he's telling him about how all this rhetoric about how the black sky cannot be controlled and it must be killed and all this. And then I was like, no, 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 no. This is just a myth. It's all nonsense. Like, it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. I'll, I'll sort it out. Uh, whilst Electra is standing up on uh, Matt's rooftop, and it kind of looks like she's contemplating jumping off. I thought Did so. Did you think that? Yep. Yeah. Obviously, because she like doesn't want to be this figurehead of the hand um she doesn't want to be like controlled by them or like influenced by them in any way so she's thinking about just jumping off and taking herself out of the equation essentially um but daredevil kind of says to her that well this whole black sky thing could be absolute nonsense like it's just a myth i mean there's 
no proof of it being real or anything like that. She's at this point, she's essentially just like a really good fighter that they're placing all this kind of mystical shit into. Yeah, he's not buying it. No, but he's he, Matt Murdock, the you know Mister Optimus. Yep, and like he, yeah, Electra's talking about like how uh, when Stick first recruited her and talking about how uh, she he told her that she had something special inside her and all this, and he's like, "Yep, said the same thing to me." <laughs> yeah, Stick likes his fortune cookie wisdom. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, it's, it's a good line. Uh, so Daredevil wants to basically shine a light on the hand uh, and take them down, bring them out into the light rather than let them linger about in the shadows. Uh, basically, their, their plan is to take Nobu out without alerting any of his troops. It's, it's kind of like the sort of... It, it reminded me of like a Hydra type thing because they're like, oh, cut off the head of the snake. But like when you cut off the head of Hydra, like more mm-hmm. spring up. It should probably be the same thing would happen to the hand. Yep. If you take out the head of that, then another one will spring up, or more than one will spring up. And But yeah, Daredevil won't kill Nobu. He wants to dethrone him and let him rot in a cell, because he reckons that if he kills him, Nobu will become a martyr. And I mean, if he kills him, it's not going to do anything anyway. He's just going to come back, as, as he does, mm-hmm. as he's want to do. So Daredevil and Electra plan to take the fight to the lion's den of the hand, uh, just now, because it's the last thing that they'll expect, because they've just been defeated. So the last thing they'll expect is for them to come straight back and hit them again. Right. Uh, we then see Hogarth, Jerry Hogarth. You remember her from Jessica Jones, the the lawyer lady. Mm-hmm. We see her meeting with Foggy at a fancy luncheon, where she offers him a job with a good salary and a potential partner track. Uh, she also calls. Uh, vigilantes, people with complexities, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was great. You're know, like, yes, these people, these are people with complexities, and she reckons that there's going to be more and more of these sort of cases popping up uh, as this sort of vigilante craze becomes bigger. And she wants somebody at her law firm that is familiar with these and has like dealt with uh, vigilante law before, which Foggy has done, mm-hmm. obviously with the Punisher case, and he did pretty well at it um, it's worth noting here that Foggy looks pretty dapper with like his hair all combed and wearing his nice suit and everything like that looks he cleans dapper. up well yeah he doesn't look out of place <laughs> no um, we then see Karen has got writer's block she's just like sitting staring at a blank screen going hmm 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 can't think of anything to write uh, we also see in amongst this uh, Melvin outfitting Electra with some gear that he made for Betsy. He's taking measurements Which... for her, yeah. Well, yeah, he's he's uh, he's actually already made okay. this gear for, for Betsy and basically he's just kind of adjusting it so that it fits Electra. But it's kind of interesting that he made like a costume for Betsy because we've never seen Betsy at all. No. But there are gladiator pictures all over the walls, if you noticed. Yeah. Yes, I mean, he's obviously been working on stuff for himself and for Betsy to, to protect them in the, the coming the coming war that Daredevil and that keeps going on about. 
and obviously he's seen like what's ha- been happening with Daredevil and all the kind of ins and outs of that. So he is he knows that there's bad shit about, and he wants to protect himself and his his lady friend too. Who, well, I don't think she's actually his lady friend. She's just he would like it to be that way, but there's nothing happening at the moment. It's kind of the impression that I get. I don't know. I mean, at one point I thought we she's either his social worker or his parole officer. Yeah, yeah, she's his she's his parole officer. But we've never seen her. Okay. Yeah. And that that's like that's like a prof- professional relationship, but he obviously like he's mm-hmm. obviously got a candle for her, you mm-hmm. know. I I made you this armor. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, creepy guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean we'll see if anything ever comes from that. Like like I say we've never seen Betsy, so uh, however he's also made Daredevil a belly club. Mm-hmm. Which is very fucking cool. I like uh Electra's line here. Where's yeah, mine? Like, where's where's mine? Like, no no no, you don't get one. This is a Daredevil <laughs> thing. <laughs> you don't get a belly club. But it actually is like such a cool little thing, and yep. you kind of forget because he's been using like two sort of bat- uh, batons, like in uh, the the rest of the season and in the first season he's mm-hmm. just been whacking people with those, and you forget that in the comic books he does have this like yes. this silly club thing that's that's joined together with like a wire, um, and it's very versatile and like you get to see a couple of different ways here. Like you can use it as like a grappling hook, and you can use it to like hit stuff that's far away and it comes back to him and you could use it to choke people out or whatever. There's many uses. Pretty cool. And uh, Daredevil is actually like kind of taken aback by this because like anytime when he's got like something off of Melvin before, it's been something that he's gone to him and said, listen, can you make this for me, please? And Melvin's made it for him. But this time it's Melvin's gone out his way to like create this thing from scratch for Daredevil. And Daredevil's pretty humbled by this. Yeah, he's he. I think he hugs him, doesn't he? Uh, I, I don't know. He might have done, but I mean, he's 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 definitely pretty humbled by it. But um, Melvin explains that, like, yeah, basically, I've made this for you because you're the guy that's out there protecting the kitchen, and like, he's like seen all the good stuff that Daredevil's managed mm-hmm. to do, and like saving people and, and whatnot. And he's like, keep doing what you're doing. You have, have this Christmas present from me. It was a pretty, pretty nice moment. Yeah. If he doesn't hug him, he puts his arm on it, uh, his hand on his shoulder. Yeah. It was something yeah. like that. I hope they did hug. I'd, I'd need to check. Uh, so uh, we then see Punisher going home to his old house and find a lot of junk mail, for one, <laughs> and a lot of old memories. See that the, the plates are still on the table from the last time he ate with his family and whatnot. And you see... he's. He sits down with the three empty chairs just sitting in front of him, and oh, it was so sad when he he didn't even doesn't even say anything, but he just like sits there and just for a couple of seconds you're like, ah, oh, that that's heartbreaking. It's an absolutely heartbreaking shot of him just like the loss is just signified by those three empty chairs. It's horrible, but like really well done in terms mm. in terms of the show, um, and he. Uh, reads the paper, which is the headline, Frank Castle dead. So he goes into the garage and tunes into a police radio and spray paints something onto his Kevlar vest. 
Now, the thing that I don't get is why is he doing it in the dark? Because he's holding the flashlight with his mouth. Um, well, there's no one been living there for many years, so presumably no one paid the power bill. Mm. <laughs> the power has been cut off. <laughs> that would be that would be my thought. Like if he was Fair to put the light on, Fair it's enough. not going to come on because mm? <laughs> no one's paid True. the power bill. And you don't get anything for free <laughs> in this life. That's for Certainly sure. not from electric companies. Uh, meanwhile, Foggy is at the police station. Uh, we found out that Brett was roughed up by some gangbangers uh, looking for files on Daredevil. And uh, Daredevil goes to visit him, and uh, I, sorry, Foggy calls Matt and tells him about this, and Daredevil goes to visit him. So it turns out that the bad guys have uh, Brett's mum. If you remember, Brett's mm-hmm. smoking mum who uh, Foggy used to give cigarettes to. And uh, they want, they be, basically these gangbanger guys wanted records on everybody that Daredevil saved. Everybody that Daredevil had ever saved. And we then see a bunch of people, including Karen, obviously because Daredevil saved her. And uh, now I can't remember this guy's name, but he's the guy that keeps cropping up and he, uh, Daredevil broke his fingers in the the boot of the car. Yeah, he's the gun runner. Uh, he 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 eventually becomes um, not pole vaulter. Uh, Stiltman. Stiltman. Okay, so yeah, Stiltman is there as well. <coughs> so Karen and Stiltman. Let's go with that. Whose uh, fingers Daredevil broke earlier in the season? It was very funny. Um. And it becomes clear now that these are the twenty targets. So, because there's about twenty people in this uh, in this bus that's been kidnapped by the hands and uh, the the ginger ninja lady. Ah, okay, all right. I, yeah, kind of, I, didn't, I didn't put two and two together. Yeah, because it didn't twig to me on first watch at all, and I was like twenty targets, and then just kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these these were the twenty targets, and and that was the folder at the beginning of the episode that uh, that Nobu had. That was the folder that they got off of. Uh, they obviously got this off of Brett. Okay. So uh, Daredevil then heads to Karen's place. Obviously, he's too late because she's already been kidnapped, and we see like a couple of like blade marks in the wall. So he realizes that the hand has her. Uh, we find out on the bus that uh, Stiltman is under house arrest. Obviously, if you remember from earlier in the season, Daredevil kind of beat him up a little bit and got left him to be arrested. And yep. so obviously he's managed to not not go to jail, but he's he's under house arrest. But he he's quite nifty, so he's managed to disable his electronic tags. Hey, a brother's got to get out from time to time, like he says. Yeah, he's got to do some interesting mm. things. Like, it's boring to be stuck in the house all the time. He needs to go out and run guns and get into trouble. <coughs> Grow a pair of stilts. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, so this uh, ginger ninja lady slaps Karen and then shoots a guy in the head who causes a fuss. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, right? But this guy is, this, is the guy from the rooftop who the Punisher nearly killed. Okay. Um, yep. 
All right. The, the, the Marine, yep. the former Marine. Yep. Uh, who came up the stairs and had a conversation with Frank. Now, I yep. didn't really think that Daredevil necessarily saved him, to be honest, but... He was involved in one of Daredevil's cases. Yeah, so he, he was definitely involved, but Daredevil didn't really save him. It was just like Frank chose not to kill him. Well, I don't, I don't think he saved Stilt Man either. I, I think he did save him at one point from somebody. I can't remember who it was, but I'm sure he did save him. He saved him from himself. Let's say that. <laughs> Maybe the hand has gone over. It's a very uh, liberal uh, take on it, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, after this happens, though, uh, Stiltman switches his tag on because he's like, oh shit, we need, we need some help here. Um, somebody needs to come and find us because we are fucked. Because this crazy ginger ninja lady is not going to take any shit from anybody and all these people are entirely expendable. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Daredevil up on the rooftop trying to tune in his hearing to find out the to find these people that were taken because obviously he realises that this is exactly what's happened. That these 20 people that he's saved have been kidnapped by the hand uh, to, basically to draw him out but uh, so yeah they're like they're bait, they're bait for, uh, for Daredevil so that the hand can try and take him out so they've got essentially a clear run at Elektra, because Daredevil is basically the only thing that's standing in their way of getting to Elektra, or the black sky, as they, they are want to call her. It's, but yeah, Daredevil definitely struggles, and Elektra is kind of trying to center him so that he can concentrate and whatnot. He does manage to tune out like a lot of stuff, and he does manage to heal. Like I think he does manage to twig into the bus eventually, but it's kind of unclear. Uh, we do see the bus uh, unloading its cargo into a warehouse, so the rest of the uh, the kidnappees, Daredevil's... I was going to say victims there, but they're not really victims. Uh, the people that Daredevil saved. Um, but yeah, two cops show up at this point, obviously, to pick up Stiltman, because his uh, electronic tag is on, and they now know exactly where he is. <coughs> so like, oh, these these... These house arrest guys, they just, they can't stay at home. But basically, as soon as they get out of the, of the police car, the hand kills them by shooting them with arrows. But not before one of the guys manages to summon backup. So uh, the the cops are on their way now, and obviously Daredevil manages to tune into this hearing about the two cops being killed and whatnot, and heads there as well. Uh, Daredevil is going there to save the people, but Elektra is only there for Nobu. So Daredevil heads in alone. Uh, we see him busting into the room where the hostages are being held just as the hand ninjas are cutting off Stiltman's foot. Or like kind of slicing into his foot. So I mean this could be like his origin into becoming Stiltman. Could be. Like if he has to have if he has to have a leg amputated. True then you might need to get like a prosthetic leg or like a metal leg. I mean, we do, we have already seen the stilts that do look yep. ridiculous, but I mean, they could start it off with like, you need to have like a prosthetic leg and he's all better about it and whatnot. And maybe he, maybe he even, beca- he's a good guy. Maybe he wants to get back at the hand for like impairing him this way. Yeah. Um, 
don't, don't know how they'll yeah. go with that. We'll, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> we'll see. Because, I mean, I think in, mainly in the comics, like, Stillman was like a bank robber, basically, was he not? Pretty much. And a, a low-level crook. Low-level villain. Street level. Street level. <laughs> Four-story level. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Daredevil uh, manages to beat up these uh, hand ninjas. And it's quite a, quite a cool little fight. But nothing in comparison to what we've seen before and, and certainly nothing in comparison to the other fights in this episode. No, this, but it's uh, decent. But, it's decent because yeah. it's kind of wide open. There's some few slow-mo, uh, Matrix-style, uh, pan-the-camera things going on in this one. Um, it, it was a fun fight to watch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's kind of like the precursor to the, the main fight in, mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, but yeah, he manages to to take out most of the hand guys in that room, or at least knock them down, which allows Karen to escort the other hostages away from danger. Uh, and Daredevil and Karen have a kind of like little moment here, where she just kind of has like a double take at him, and then he's like, uh, "Go away!" <laughs> it's like obviously he's kind of realizing that oh shit, she's about to figure out like it's me. So he's like, "Hey, yeah, go away, go away." Like, forget about this. Go away. Because he, he's obviously, like, he's obviously concerned for our safety because he's, he's mad mm-hmm. and that's what he does. And uh, he's he's not got his daredevil head on quite 100% in that moment. So, yeah, uh, so she has got the hostages out. Um, another another bunch of hand ninjas come in and uh, daredevil fights them. Uh, Electra also pops in at this point because she got bored waiting for him. So she joins the fight, and she joins the fight in her new costume, looking badass. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool costume. It's got like, it's got a lot more red in it than what she's been wearing previously, which was basically like a black tank top with a red scarf. Now this one is like, kind of black with red bits in it, like armor. Yeah, yeah it looks really cool. Um, not quite her like comic book costume, but. Decent kind of Electra costume, I would say. Yes. <coughs> it's still a shame that they've waited until like the last episode to introduce this costume. Well, that's what they did last year with Daredevil. Took that them all, it true, took them yeah. all all season to introduce the Billy Club. <laughs> that's true as well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, I don't know that we necessarily missed the Billy Club. But as soon as you see it here now, you're like, oh my god, he could have used this so many times. And we get into, uh, at this point, I'm a little confused because there's a great chase scene where he actually starts using the billy club. Is that here or is that further down in the episode? Um, well, where he starts swinging and she's following behind him and they're running through the buildings. Um, I might have skipped over that entirely. Okay. <laughs> because that that's where he does the superhero swing with the billy club. Okay, yeah. I think I skipped over that entirely. Okay. It's like, yeah, they, they, they moved along through the... Okay. <laughs> yeah, because uh, they get the hostages... Because at, at some point, he 
I, it might have been just before he came to this building where he's like using the billy club to uh, sort of like a Spider-Man web swing where he's swinging around using the billy club, having it retract, mm. and she's following behind him. Mm. And, you know, that was that was the quote-unquote comic book Daredevil, using mm. his billy yeah. club as uh, a... Uh, as a as a as a web swing, mm, yeah. And I mean, he must have used it to. He probably used it to swing into the building there as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, he came through the window. Hmm. But I mean, so, yeah. you, you can't miss. I mean, I thought that was a very iconic, and bringing this closer to the comic book universe, uh, Daredevil, that we hadn't had up until now. <coughs> I think they've done a pretty good job of like putting him in line with the comic book Daredevil. To be honest, even like even last season with the black pajamas, like that's straight out of the comic books. Yeah, I'm not saying they haven't, but at the same time, they. I mean, this is this is the iconic Daredevil. I mean, he swings around the yeah. city using his Billy Club, the same way Spider-Man uses his web lines, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and tra- you know, traversing and. Uh, uh, you know, you have those great poses as you know you there's they're uh, swinging through the air, and we hadn't had that up until now. It was very true, yeah. Kind of, uh, it was. It seems like every season, and there's only been two, they seem to add a new ability or facet to him at the end of the season. And we're still there's still a few things missing from Daredevil, and we'll kind of get in that in the postmortem. But yeah. uh, I thought this adding this and bringing him in line with the high flying Daredevil of the comic book. Mm. You know, up until now it's it's been more parkour. Yep. Now now we're getting into uh, the high flying Daredevil. Yeah, it, it very true, and I'm, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. So, all right. Um, so yeah, we had a pretty, it was a pretty good fight. Where like once uh, Electra joined in, and like she's obviously killing all the ninjas <laughs> with her size, as as she is wanting to do. The devil's just knocking them out, but he's not stopping her anymore from killing people. It's like yeah, I'm kind of busy fighting these guys. Like eh, if you kill them, well, okay. These are bad, bad, bad dudes. He he's taking care of them his way, and he doesn't have time to keep her in check. Yeah, so they've managed to rescue the hostages now, and they they then uh, decide that the only way out is basically to head up to the roof. Uh, we see Brett and the backup cops arriving outside the building just as the hostages escape, and Karen brings Brett up to speed and basically tells her that about Daredevil being there and, and whatnot. Um, so, Brett at this point uh, tells his cop guys to light up the roof for some reason, <laughs> so we can see the fight better, I suppose. Yes, he even says that. And z- I want to know what yeah, the hell's like, going I- on up there. Yeah, I want to see this fight. Like, I want to see how it plays out. Light up the roof. I'm like, okay, go cool. get get a camera on it. <laughs> and we so like Matt and uh, Daredevil Electra head up to the roof and. They're kind of like in this stairwell where they know that there's a bunch of like hand ninjas being heading to the roof because 
they've obviously realised that that's where uh, Daredevil and Electra are going. But there's also like there's, they've locked a door at the bottom of the stairwell, and there's a bunch of hand and just coming up after them there. So they've got like a couple of minutes to themselves in between before they go out for the sort of final battle. So let's and get a quickie have, in before we go. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Not quite a quickie, but I mean, they have like a bit. They have like a bit of a moment and. Yeah. And they talk about like the the relationship and whatnot. And um, Matt basically says that if they make it out of this, um, whatever she runs, he'll run with her. It's got like, a little sappy. It, it was sappy, but I mean, he is obviously still holding a major, major candle for her. That mm-hmm. he, I mean, it kind of seemed like he was letting he was letting it go. But in amongst like whilst he's been. Like hanging out with her and fighting with her and all that, he's like, "Yeah, I really, I really enjoy this life. Like, I want this is what I want to do. Like, it doesn't matter where it is or what we're like, uh, what bad guys we're fighting. Like, I want to be doing this all this shit with Electra." And he's like, "Yep, wherever you go, like, I'll I'll go there and be with you," which was kind of nice. And she's like, "Yeah, let's go to London, Madrid, etc. There are sexy places to hide. Sexy places to hide." I'm sure that's what she said. She may yes, have said so she many. did. She did say yeah. sexy places. It was sexy, wasn't it? I was it like, sexy places. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to find some sexy places to hide. <laughs> oh, I don't need to hide. Um, Matt, uh, as mentioned, that uh, Matt loves New York and he'd give his life for it, but there's one thing that makes him feel more alive and that's Electra. And she's like, yeah, but I'm the black sky. And he's like, well, I'm the devil of hell's kitchen. <laughs> like, okay. I, I, I love the exchange, yeah. but it did seem a little, A, not the right time and place. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess it's, you know, I, I have the problem because two minutes ago he's feeling up uh, Karen Karen as he's rescuing her, mm. and you know, touching her face and uh, making sure she's okay. And then the next, uh, he's planning to run away with Electra. See, I, I know, right? But this is where he's obviously a bit conflicted because he's basically got two different personas. Right, you've got the the Matt Murdock persona, the lawyer, the mm-hmm. generally good, blind guy, and then you've got Daredevil, who takes risks, and like this is him taking a big risk with Elektra. He's like putting his uh, putting his feelings out there, and I mean they're going out there to fight. God knows how many hand ninjas. Let's say a hundred or more hand ninjas, and the chances are they might not make it out and he might not make it out. So he might not get another chance to tell her this. So he's like, fuck it. I might as well tell her how I feel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if not now, then never. True. So he might, he might as well like get what he's feeling off his chest. If not, then whatever happens, happens. He might regret it later on. Okay. So I can I can understand why he did that, but yeah, I I do kind of agree with you that he's like he's kind of going after both girls at the same time, which is not it's not cool, but like it is the whole <laughs> bad thing. idea. Yeah, you naughty boy, Matt, naughty boy. But I mean, it's the whole two personas thing, and he's like, he's, one he's in Matt mode, 
and then he's in Daredevil mode. It's kind of <coughs> it's, it's it's a weird one. <laughs> I think he just forgot about Elektra for a minute because she wasn't there. It's like, oh yeah, Elektra's here. I like Elektra more. <laughs> <laughs> She's more interesting. I'll just run away with her. It'll be fine. Karen's a bit meh, dour faced. Okay. Okay, so uh, they then head out onto the rooftop and Daredevil and Elektra face off against many hand ninjas who some of them try and shoot them and, and then Nobu appears with his uh, knife on a chain shtick again and a massive, massive awesome fight ensues which uh, was, was so cool and there were so many great little moments in it. Like the... Yep, and you go. Oh, I, I was watching this, and just the choreography, and the you know because it's both Elektra and Daredevil fighting Nobu, yep. and yep. watching the ballet that took place between the three of them, and yep. just uh, the coordination, the skill. This, this was incredible. I mean, I, yep. I actually went back and kind of watched it to, you know, you know, looking for cues and things like that just to, and, and it was awesome. It, it really was. And like, because there's so many like hand ninjas like flying about everywhere as well. It's it, like, it's almost okay. hard to keep yeah. track of everything that's happening, but uh, it, it just worked so well because obviously you've got that main kind of focused fight between Daredevil, Nobu, and Elektra. Yep. And then every so often like a hand ninja will just f- float past and like one of them will one of them will take him out. Uh, or Elektra will stab him through the chest or whatever. And like she does some really good moves in amongst this, like mm. real black widow moves, like flipping around and like I don't I don't know what what the move is, but they, they tend to do this quite a lot in like like with female superhero like comic book stuff where they sort of jump up and they put their legs around the guy's head and flip him around and it just looks so cool when you see it done right and Electra's very good at it. Yeah. Um there there were basically two fights. First there's the gang fight, but then it's it, it, it sort of becomes like uh, you know, in a nightclub mm-hmm. where all of a sudden it's like a dance off or something. Where uh, where uh, all all the hand just kind of step back and let uh, Nobu do his thing because no, you know they 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 step off and then it's only Nobu, uh, Electra, and Daredevil, and that was yeah. and that was where it just got really intricate. I mean the other stuff is good, mm, yeah. but so frenetic and like you said, kind of chaotic and. Uh, you know they're flying in from all over the place and whatnot, but watching just the three of them when it when it was just the three of them was where this thing got really intense and uh, really impressive. Yeah, and they made like really good just slow mo and stuff as well mm-hmm. here, just to kind of show you like like how fast everything's moving. They slow it down so that you can kind of get a feel for like how intense this is, and like mm-hmm. you see Daredevil like jump on throw a kick and then Electra right after and then they kind of take it in turns and go around and it's just so so well done like mm-hmm. you said so so well choreographed it was very very cool 
not not um, probably my favorite use of slow slow mo in uh, in the MCU to be honest. Much better than the erotic raindrops for one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really really well done fight scene. Not my favorite fight scene though. Like still, my favorite fight scene would be the the uh, stairwell. Stairwell was so good. Stairwell has got to be one of the greatest fight scenes in uh, ever on film. I mean, yeah, that... certainly, certainly Western stuff. Like, I mean, there's a lot of like uh, like Japanese stuff that is crazy, crazy fight scenes. But like all the martial arts stuff. But this for like Western mainstream was incredible. But we'll get into that in the in the post mortem. What was the best fight scene and all that sort of stuff? Um, but yeah, this this fight was awesome. Um, it kind of it kind of ends up with uh, Nobu breaking Electra's arm and knocking Daredevil's helmet off with a, a very mm. well placed kick, <laughs> which I assume he managed to like kick his horn, <laughs> and his and his helmet fell off because of that. It's a design flaw, Melvin. You should have thought <laughs> of this. <laughs> now this wouldn't have happened to Daredevil's comic book costume because it's not a helmet it's just spandex <laughs> i think well it's just after spandex, you're, uh, getting it? almost shot in the head yeah <coughs> melvin did a good job I'll, I'll give him that <laughs> so um yeah just as nobu is it's so nobu kind of then grabs one of electra's size and he walks up to uh, kill daredevil take him out uh, Electra runs in and ends up getting stabbed by Nobu with with one of her own size, which is kind of ironic, or the size that she liberated from that French dude. And, and Nobu kind of steps like, uh, oh sorry, uh, Electra manages to stab Nobu as well in amongst that. So like she gets stabbed and then she stabs him as well. So he kind of backs off and uh, Electra ends up lying in Daredevil's arms and she says to him, this is not the end. And then she dies in his arms. It was very sad. And she's crying as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the first time we've seen any like emotion like that from her, I think. Like, oh, she's so sad. <laughs> Because she isn't going to get to go to the sexy places. No. Daredevil's going to have to take Karen instead. The decision <laughs> has been made for him. He's like, oh, well, she's dead. I'll go with the other one. <laughs> um, but yeah. He's just a dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nobu then uh, tells his the, the last few of his ninjas that are left to finish off Daredevil. And they kind of come at him and start fighting him. But the Punisher shows up on an adjacent rooftop and starts shooting them so that Daredevil has a clean run at Nobu. Which, I, I didn't expect this, to be honest. Like, I thought we were done with the Punisher for the season. Didn't think we'd see him again, and I thought, like, the bits that we were seeing of him was just kind of setting him up for next season or, like, for his own show and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, um, he shows up and helps out Daredevil one last time. Uh, takes out these uh, hand ninjas so that Daredevil can take on Nobu. So we see Daredevil fighting Nobu again. And 
he does manage to beat him eventually this time, and he gets some good use of this belly club here. Like, he gets it wrapped around Nobu's neck, and eventually, like, throws Nobu off the roof. <laughs> Which was kind of undareable, like, because that would generally kill someone. Daredevil doesn't tend to kill anybody. Well, um, they just, he, Nobu just killed his girlfriend. Yeah, he did. And Nobu has been thrown off of many, many things and mm -hmm. gone back. Burned Daredevil, alive. Yeah, Daredevil did think he'd killed him last season by burning him alive back, and, and he wasn't dead, so he's like, yeah, just go off the roof. Fuck off. Get out of my sight. Die or don't die. But yeah, um, so Daredevil throws him off, and he's like, okay, that's that done with. Um, we also see an excellent exit shot of the Punisher in his full Punisher costume with like the the leather trench coat and the uh and the Punisher symbol like emblazoned on his uh mm -hmm. on his chest, on his like on his armor and with like a big gun in his hand as the Punisher is what to do. And he's he just says, see you around red and then that's him, goes off. Which was a great kind of like exit line and I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna say how does Daredevil hear him? But Daredevil no, 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 no. That okay. wasn't what I was gonna say. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, because I we, and I think maybe Frank knows something now and knows that Daredevil can hear him because Daredevil's fighting without his helmet. I'm pretty sure that that Frank knew who uh, Matt was quite a long time ago. Do you? During the court case. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he was questioning him during the court case. Like, I'm pretty sure he knew. Like, Punisher's a smart dude. Like, in regards to analyzing stuff, he would have known that that was the same guy that he was talking to on the rooftop. You and I have never discussed uh, whether or not we thought this. I mean, I I've kind of thought it, and for the same reasons that you do, you do. Uh, he's uh, Daredevil hasn't disguised his voice around Frank no. between the the rooftop uh, the rooftop uh, uh, dialogue that they had, or the time when they were in the cemetery. Uh, he's always just used his normal voice. He, he hasn't really tried to disguise it at all. Mm. So, yes, I kind of think that uh, you would think that Frank would know, but he never said anything. He also said he doesn't care. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he I don't think he cares for one and two. Like, it makes no difference to him. Like, at all. yeah. But um yeah, I just, uh, it was just a, I just found it interesting, and it's like, uh, well, he, he's got to know now. Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean, for, for sure, like, it, it confirms to the, like, to the, the main audience that, mm -hmm. yeah, he definitely knows, like, it's not kind of left up to us to decide, it's 100%, yeah, uh, Frank Castle knows that, uh, Matt Murdock is the Punisher, and whether or not that will, like, mean anything going forward, I I don't think so, but it means that he could easily find out where Daredevil lives and go and come and visit him anytime he wants. As an ally, 
as as we saw here, like he's clearly a, at least a semi ally of. At least they might not agree on stuff. He's definitely kind of on the same war path <laughs> as Daredevil, anyway. So, but yeah, it was okay. So let, let's finish up the episode. Yeah. So yeah, um, we then see that yeah, indeed, Nobu uh, has uh, been thrown into an alleyway off the off the roof of the building, quite relatively high building. There was a good few stories in it, but again, he wakes up from death once more. He does not die. Were you rolling your eyes? I was like, oh come on. Yeah, I was like, oh, we've had enough of this guy now. Like, you can't have him come back and fight Daredevil again or, like, draw this out into another another season of Nobu. Like, yep. you can only really do this shtick once. Like, you can bring him back once and go, holy shit, it's a reveal. But have him come back again. Like, It's turning into season. a Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah, you're like, oh, my God. I mean, I, I, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of, like, bringing back dead characters except Coulson. That was definitely called for because <laughs> he he shouldn't have died in, in that movie. But anyway. But yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of bringing back dead characters. I, I like there to be a bit of finality. If finality? That's probably not a word. Final, finalism? I don't know what all this. But yeah, death should be really death as far as it goes because otherwise it loses all its kind of emotional impact. I know that's like really kind of opposite from the whole of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah, because like because of the whole Colson thing, but that's a separate issue. You know, that's a shield. It's a different show. But yeah, I think I think death should should be relatively final. But yeah, bringing back a character over and over and over again, it's kind of annoying. <coughs> but yeah, thankfully, Stick is there to solve this problem. So as soon as nobody wakes up, Stick is there to confront him. And he's, then Stick says to him. This time, you piece of shit, stay down, and Stick stabs him in the chest, and then slashes his throat with a katana. And seemingly, there's no coming back from this. I don't think, because the ways that I mean, the ways that he died before was like he just fell down, and he got burned a bit. A Not bit. He was barbecued. <laughs> he was barbecued. Yeah. I mean, he, he bore the scars from that, and presumably he had a sore head from falling down a few times, but uh, yeah, Stick slashes his throat so that he won't be able to come back. Hopefully. I hope we don't see Nobu again. Yeah, interesting character, but I don't think we need to see him again. Um, we then see uh, Matt and Stick attending Electra's grave. Uh, we find out that she hates roses, which is interesting for a character that wears red. Often in the comic books, she hates roses. Mm. Um, Stick asks Matt if uh, loving her was worth it. And he says, oh, well, you only had a few moments with her against all the noise and chaos and violence. And Electra likes orchids. But yeah, it was worth it. And, and Stick says to him that, Matt, you are the toughest son of a bitch I have ever met. Which is quite a lot come from Stick, because Stick is pretty tough himself. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they, they say, let's go home. Uh, we see Foggy and Karen having a drink at Josie's. And Foggy finally pays the uh, Nelson and Murdoch bar tab. says, uh, closes out Josie, we are done here. So this kind of signals the end of Nelson and Murdoch, seemingly. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we see uh, Karen back at the office on Christmas Eve in uh, the bulletin <laughs> where she still has writer's block. But Ellis has the cure for her. Scotch! 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 Jones in for whiskey. There oh, we go. Comes back around. It's all connected. <laughs> uh, he tells her to write the piece that only she can write and uh, write the truth, all of it, and don't pull any punches. Tell the people something that they don't know and he'd read the shit out of that. And now bear in mind this is Christmas Eve, right? He tells her that he wants 2,000 words before Santa shows up. Like, that's not giving her much time. I believe depending that's on... 20 pages. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a lot of words. Depending on what time... Uh... And maybe I don't know if it would be... Would it be 20 pages? 100 words a page? Yeah. Maybe 20 paragraphs. It seemed like a lot. And may... maybe it was just, you know, busting, busting her chops. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it is. I think he's just going to try to push her to mm. get her to actually write something because she's, she's just sitting there going, oh, I don't know what to write. But, uh, yeah, he kind of he kind of gives her the final sort of tick into what her article should be. So she starts to write her article, uh, which she calls, uh, she titles it, what it, what is it to be a hero? And you get a kind of voiceover of her whilst we see a, a montage because everybody needs a montage. And in this montage, we see Punisher burning down his old house, where in amongst us, he gets a disc that says Micro on it, and mm-hmm. a minigun. Um, I believe Micro is his kind of tech guy in the comic books. Is that correct? Yep, micro, Microchip. Yeah, micro, Microchip. <coughs> Your namesake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously, he's... He's going to meet up with this guy next season, or uh, sorry, no, uh, in his own season when uh, the Punisher show comes around, he'll be his tech support guy or yep. or whatnot. Um, Matt returns to Nelson and Murdoch, where Karen is waiting to meet him, and he's got a brown bag for her, and she's kind of like, "Why am I here?" Because like, she's obviously still really pissed off at him for the whole. Mm-hmm. finding Electra sleeping in his bed and like their whole kind of breakup messy breakup and all that and all the lies that he's told her and whatnot. she's like I'm fed up with this shit like why do you want me here can I just go and write my story because I want to write I need to write 2000 words like I've not got much time now but yeah um, he shows her what's in the bag and it's his costume and he just goes I'm Daredevil much like I'm Iron Man, or I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm gonna have my reveal. I'm Daredevil. She's like, Oh, okay. So like, she doesn't actually say anything, but you just kind of like every, all the pieces start to fall into place. You can see it like in the in the reactions, quite quite like well done. That they didn't actually sure say anything about it, but you can just see sort of all the pieces click into place in her brain going. Okay. Fuck, how did I not realise this already? <laughs> but obviously we'll get the fallout from, from that next season because we don't see any more of that. Um, now the final thing we see here is the hand has killed Electra's gravedigger for one and has exhumed her body. They've wrapped her all in red. I think it's it's either cloth or silk, uh, which looks a lot more like the traditional Electra costume. 
And they have popped her into the mystery box, which is obviously the, the rebirth box. And they're going to obviously bring her back to life. She's the Black Sky, and they, they need... They need, they need to bring another character back to life that's died only 10 minutes ago. Well, did you hear the heartbeat as they fade to black? Oh, I didn't I didn't know it's that. Yes, there was a boom, 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 boom. Oh, okay. Yes. But, but yeah, I mean, like, the, this mystery box is the, the box that they've basically been pumping blood into all season from the those children of the corn that they drained the blood from. The rebirth box. The rebirth box, yeah. And this is so they can regenerate and... Have long lives and and whatnot. So yeah, they're they're planning to bring Electra back to life. And what effect that has on her, we don't know. I mean, Nobu seemed like the same person after he'd been brought back to life. Just like a badass hand ninja guy. So you would think that Electra would be the same, but I mean, it could affect her like in different ways. I mean, you see the way the the Lazarus Pit affects the characters in DC, mm-hmm. like in in the DC like Arrowverse. It gives them like a bloodlust. So I mean it could do that for Electra and she already had a bit of a bloodlust. You could I could see that. I could see um Well, Nobu's been through it many times. Mm. So we don't know what he was like the first time he was brought back to life. Mm. You know, maybe, maybe he was just he was maybe just a blue collar worker before, like he was an accountant. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe he wasn't as uh, bloodthirsty as he was and vicious and evil uh, prior to his first uh, rebirth. Mm. So there's that. I mean, is she going to ha- is she going to have her memory? Is she is she going? I mean, are they going to mind wipe her in some way? You know, there, there's a yeah. lot of things they could. There's a lot of different angles to take with this. But yeah, that was the end of that episode and the end End of of the season season of Daredevil. I let I let it continue, and uh, it went to a a trailer for Luke Cage I hadn't seen yet, which was pretty good. Yeah, that was like the first teaser they put out. Like they they tagged that on like at the end of the uh, at the end of the season just to kind of give you a sort of flavor. And it was like the first thing that it released from Luke Cage, and it's, it's like. It's not that much different from what we've seen before, but yeah, no. okay, looks cool. I can't wait to see it. And the reviews that have come out so far, I haven't read any of them, but from what people have been saying, it's been very highly reviewed. I can't wait. I'm I, I'm really looking forward to that. I was actually starting to contemplate, gee, do I have enough vacation days left that I could <laughs> take <laughs> the 30th off? <laughs> I don't think I do, and I, I don't think I can because the next, the following week I leave for Comic Con. So, yeah. <laughs> but I toyed with it. Um, so, Andy, first of all, uh, in terms of the the episode itself, probably one of the better ones of the season. They, they wrapped everything up. They had a couple of great fight scenes. Uh, you know, you got the band back together at the end because technically uh, the Punisher, Electra, and Daredevil are all fighting together. Although by the time the Punisher shows up, Electra's dead. But um, yeah. could he not have showed up like five yeah. minutes before? <laughs> so, but uh, you know, 
I really enjoyed the episode. I thought I th- what I, we've already gushed about the fight choreography. I was looking uh, while you were speaking to remember what Emmys Daredevil was up for. By the way, I think Jessica Jones did win the theme song Emmy last night. <laughs> okay, I saw did something on something Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, but I, I thought they tweeted like that they didn't care. <laughs> oh. Um, and then, but, uh, Daredevil is up for stunt coordination Mm. and obviously, uh, last season's hallway fight and this, this season's stairwell fight. And then just some of the other, uh, and, and we've discussed it as we've gone on. It was never the same fight twice. They always tried to mix it up and, uh, show it, you know, it's a fight. I mean, it's people throwing punches and kicks and rolling and hitting things and smashing people with chairs. It could get old. And th- they found a way to keep it fresh throughout all 13 episodes. Hmm. So, I, you know, I, while uh, I feel, I kind of feel like... Uh, I don't know, maybe immature or something, saying that the fighting was one of the best things about this series. The fighting was one of the best things about this series. I mean, it was just absolutely... uh, When you take it just beyond the visual appeal on the screen and the way just, you know, uh, it was presented, when you start looking at the technical, which is what I started looking at with the second, uh, you know, the multiple view views of the uh, series, you know, after the initial uh, shock or amazement of the fight itself, uh, on multiple viewings, just watching for, you know, how did they pull that off? You know, people finding their mark or knowing or watching for uh, the cues as to how you coordinate multiple fists coming at somebody and, you know, without people really getting hurt. Uh, which I assume nobody really got that hurt um, because it is a, uh, you know, because usually the punches don't really land on people mm-hmm. in uh, in television. Uh, it's, it's like wrestling. Yeah. And it was just, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's different. You know, one, mano a mano is one thing, but when you have multiple guys coming at you, now, now you're getting into having to bob and weave two, three, four fists sometimes, mm. and throw in a, le- a a leg or two along the way as well. Mm. And it's like it's like really, really intricate mm-hmm. uh, dance choreograph- choreography. It's a ballet. Yeah, it's a violent ballet. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, um, and. Like like I said, the, the the final battle with Nobu was, was spectacular to watch. Like you said, not the greatest fight scene of the season, but still very very well done. Yep. And I think we both agree the best fight was the stairwell. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I would say the last season it was the corridor. Uh, yeah, but I love the I like the stairwell a hell of a lot more than the hallway. Me too. Me too, hundred percent. A lot of people like said that it wasn't as good, but I think it was better. 
much better. I think it was better because, like I said, I felt like it was. I felt like hallway was a scene from a '90s video game and a mo- and the monster mm-hmm. closet where they just kept coming out. This well, this yeah, didn't yeah. have that feeling. Yep. I would love to play a video game of the stairwell fight scene, to be honest, but come on, Telltale, you can do it. <laughs> I bought that uh, Batman uh, Telltale game. I haven't had a chance to oh, sit did you? down. Yeah. Cool. Sometime I'll, I'll uh, have to give it a, a whirl. Um, mm. But yeah, overall, uh, I mean, do we want to get into what we thought of the season? Are we done with the episode pretty much? Yeah, let's get into what we thought okay. of the season. Um, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to say, did I like this season more than I liked last season? And there, that's that's hard to say, just because the kingpin was just so incredible. Vincent D'Onofrio's portrayal of the kingpin just blew me away. Um, at the same time, the you know Barenthal's Punisher was spectacular, and we yep. we've discussed uh, you know uh, the various monologues and dialogues that he had, and it wasn't oh and and then you know the the jail the jailhouse fight scene, um, mm. so. I guess I would have to say I like this 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 season better than the first. Yep, I'm um, totally with totally with you on that one as well. The uh, I, I think last season suffered a little bit from pacing issues, and there was a mm-hmm. lot a lot of exposition. Um, if you remember, like when we were going back through them, it was kind of it was a bit of a slog, like doing the episodes because it was just so much like conversations to go through with this person and that person the next person and this season they got the pacing pretty much like bang on like between like fight scenes and uh, the the conversations that they had actually had like a lot of gravity to them especially like between uh punisher and daredevil when when those two came across each other not not even when they're fighting just like when they're talking about things you like stood up and paid attention yeah, yeah. I mean, the, their conver- the, the rooftop conversation. You know, the, once again, another e- Emmy Emmy moment. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the funeral or the, the cemetery uh, discussion of what happened to Frank's family. Yep, was um, was fantastic as well. Um, you know, you 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 said you you even started to tear up. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I felt, you know, I mean, that it was gut wrenching the way he just, the words he used, the phrases he used, uh, his tone. Mm. And at the same time, he's talking like a grizzled, uh, war vet. And I, I mean, yep. You know, it's a little he he's a little bit distanced from it at the same time. While while there's a lot of emotion in there, a lot of it seems he's holding back too, and try and uh, not using tender words 
to describe, you know, his daughter's uh, uh, carcass. Or, you know, it was just the the way he would would describe it while he, I mean, he he painted a a horrible picture, but his tone throughout it was, I I don't know, is the right word phasic? Is that phasic? Could could be. I mean, like, he creates a very powerful image. Um, so you had that, you, um, you, you had multiple storylines and I think that helped. And maybe the, the, the transition from the Punisher to Elektra and those couple of episodes in between, you know, the two or three episodes leading up to the courtroom stuff may have slowed down the pace a bit, but they were also very much change-up episodes because mm. we went from Vigilante and some great battles to, esp- you know, sort of espionage and a heist caper and stealth with Elektra and Daredevil. And it was a... You know, it, it was a great change up. And then we kind of go back into, you know, then we come back to the Punisher. Uh, he's in jail. We have one of the most violent and graphic and gory uh, fight scenes ever on TV. Mm. Much more graphic and violent than even the car door scene from the first season. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, okay, maybe, maybe something in a zombie show could have been more graphic, mm. but... We're talking, real, you know, human beings here, and the way yeah. that it was handled, and then, uh, you know, leading up to the, you know, the final battle with Nobu, it all ran together a lot better, I think, like you said, than than the first season, and maybe it was because you had multiple storylines going. Last season, it was one storyline. And you took 13 episodes to, and kind of dragged it out. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I know we were kind of disappointed that Daredevil didn't get his, like, proper costume until right at the end of last season. And I think the fact that we've got him now in operating fully as Daredevil, he's been named by the press as Daredevil. He is Daredevil the whole season, and mm-hmm. this season definitely was stronger for that fact. It was cool like seeing him in the, the ninja pajamas and that the the the, the black costume and stuff, mm-hmm. but I would have preferred like the first season to only see that for a few episodes and then from the transition into the red costume. And maybe even to have the yellow costume that would be no, funny. No, but, no, um, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I was about awful, to say awful. thank God they skipped the yellow and black and red outfit. Yeah, awful, awful costume. <laughs> but yeah, now that he's now that he's actually got like a proper level costume, all he needs now is the D D on his chest and he's sorted. And I th- and I think one other thing is missing, and Which I think is... is and I think it's I think it comes next season because we now have the costume, mm-hmm. we now have the Billy Club, mm-hmm. uh, we see him kind of honing and working on his abilities, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially when he's trying to find. Um, find uh, the bus with Karen and everybody on it. I think next I think next season is the radar sense. Yeah, well I mean he's kind of already 
got that a wee bit. Like he does, but they, they just haven't really visualized it for the audience too much. Right, and I think I you know I think it's there. I think it's kind of an innate ability, but mm. I think n- next season maybe we start seeing it being uh and and we don't need really any visual cues or at least not that much but i think maybe we get a better explanation of how it works and maybe see him working on learning how to put it to better to better use or maybe even just explain it to karen at the beginning of uh season three yeah, you know, that, would that, comes a, that would be a good way to do it. Yeah, definitely. Because one of the things I was um, I was watching at the end, and as far as I know, Stick is blind, and Stick doesn't have radar sense. Yep, one hundred percent, he's blind, and he definitely doesn't have radar sense. Like, I mean, you see his kind of scattergun actions; like, he does not have radar sense. No, but so you know, somehow you know, and and he he uses folk and. You kind of hear, you know, that once again, they're kind of trying to explain the radar sense through this thing. Focus on their heartbeat. Focus on their exhales. Focus on the sound of their sword cutting through the air. Mm. You know, so, yes, they are kind of trying to use that, but I think maybe take it a little further because you need to explain how he was able to whatever, hit the can with his, uh, uh, with the billy club. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, how can he, how is he able to fling it so it catches on the girder so he can swing? I think just, just a little bit and, you know, whether and how much you want to go into having any visual cues to that, you might not even need them. You just might need him just learning how to perfect and uh, use the, the that power to its full potential. And I think you mm-hmm. can do that without uh, resorting to any che- cheap uh, special effects. Um, although it wouldn't hurt to have a scene every once in a while of what he quote-unquote sees. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, even if it's, you know, an old... Um, not spectrum graphics, but uh, you know, uh, like Battlezone graphic type thing, uh, where you know he sees outlines, or you know, just a little something to ha- help the audience understand a little bit. W- what exactly does he see? And you know, so I, I would like to see the rate. I, I think next se- season. They have to work on that because I, I do think I do think you're right about him. Like probably explaining it to Karen, though, because like that would be my first question. If like my my blind friend all of a sudden goes, oh, um, by the way, I'm this I'm this vigilante guy that's been kicking about. I'm gonna go. Wait a minute, you're blind. How the fuck do you do all these things? How do you fight them? How do you fight the guys? How do you see? And he'll go, well, it's this, 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 and this. Because, because obviously we see that he doesn't need the the cane, the white cane. Yeah. But 
when he and Stick are walking back from Electra's grave, mm. both of them are using their white canes as blind men. Yeah, but that's I mean for Matt, that's for sure. Like he does, he clearly doesn't need it. But there's nobody to be showing there. Well, there's the driver of the car mm. that they're in. And that's the, Stick's there driver. Could be, there could be many. Well, Stick's Strix, driver's dead. This is just this is probably just some guy they've hired to drive them about. Um, remember, because he he died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I remember. I was listening. Actually, I was just listening to that episode. Um, yeah. Presumably, they have more than one driver right now. But true, um, and is, is some chauffeur guy gonna really be noticing that one blind guy is using the stick and one isn't? Yeah, but I mean, I think for I think when he's in his Matt Murdock persona, he just uses the stick always. It's not until he goes into Daredevil mode he's out away. Well, we've seen him dash down the hall. The last season, we'd see him dash down the alleyways and kind of throw the stick to the side and not be in costume yet. True, but I mean that's still him going into like Daredevil mode. Let's see, he's pushed the button to transform into Daredevil mode, and okay. the stick goes away. So. But, but yeah, uh, I mean, whilst he's out, whilst he's out in public as Matt Murdock, like if anybody sees him or has the potential for anybody to see him, he wants to be seen to be like the blind guy just mm-hmm. walking about, tap 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 the cane. Mm-hmm. And he's good at pretending to be to yes. be blind. Give him that. <laughs> no, I know he is blind. Sorry, but he's good at pretending that he can't, like quote unquote, see. No, I. Uh... Yes, he, he is good at that. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's credit to uh, Charlie Cox as well, because he's a believable blind guy, like when he's playing Matt. Yes. Especially when he's got his glasses off, because they do it, they shoot it really well. Where they they never show him looking at the character like he's talking to, which is is it would be I think it would be so hard to do that like if you're filming it. Because if you're talking to somebody, you're like directing your voice at them, but he needs to not like focus on them because that's not what a blind person's eyes would do. They just they're whatever they're, they're focused on. Like well, they're not focused on anything, but they're just pointing whatever they are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they do a really good job of that. And like, I, I I'm sure I've read like uh, in a few places that like blind like people that are actually blind are like quite happy with his like portrayal of like a, a blind person who's done like a really good job of it not trying to sound cold or stupid here but mm-hmm. how could a blind person tell and i'm really trying to be sensitive here but maybe it's doctors maybe doctors mm. like I've told them it's good. I don't know. But or, or you do get people that are partially sighted and, and that sort of stuff. Like they are legally blind, but they can still see that sort of thing. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I never even thought of that. Oh, okay. But but yeah, seemingly it's a very good portrayal of of a, a blind person. He's probably like studied like a lot of like real blind people and kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's right. a good, it's a good and fair question, though. 
Yeah, I, like I said, I was, I, I was like, yeah, I really don't want to come off as a dick on this one, but uh, because yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, we we probably have look. There's a fair chance that we have like blind listeners, so if yeah. if you are blind and listening to the show, like, let us know what you thought of his portrayal and like how it affected mm-hmm. you and how how you how you interpreted it, whatnot. So. Tweet is that cast of shield, and please don't be offended. But because th- that's always like one of the things that I try and see is you know does he look at the person you know squarely or, mm. and he's usually a little bit off. And mm. my interaction with blind people, which is limited, um, is uh, very similar to that. I mean, they kind of look in your direction, but they're probably not looking directly at you. Like if you yep. and I were talking face-to-face or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, so, uh, but uh, other than that, um, I'm trying to think, you know, like I said, I think I think this was a better season. I think it had more Marvel hooks than the first season. Mm. Um, we did away with the Green Arrow flashbacks for the most part, and we used them yep. only when they were needed. Uh, there was never a, a Punisher flashback. You know, everything... No, there wasn't. Everything mm-hmm. uh, that we learned about the Punisher's uh, background came from anecdotes, either from the Punisher yep. or from... Uh, What's the guy's name? Colonel Skinover. Skinover. Yeah. yeah. What I was going to call him the architect or whatever <laughs> he was known as. The blacksmith. The blacksmith. Um, so I thought, I you know, I thought that was great because once again, they mix things up. This is the, what I think one of the best things that we can say about this series. And you can't say it. Yeah, uh, You can't say it about S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D is good and is a completely different style show but a lot of times it's the same thing and i'm just and since i always use flash as the quote-unquote best hero show the flash is the freak of the week it's very for the most part um it's the same style it's the same uh rhythm it's it, it 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 just continues I mean, they do a lot of great things there, but this is a this is a series that is all over the place. You have mystical, you have a, a heist caper in the middle of the thing, you have some Asian mysticism thrown in, you have uh, basically a prison riot uh, going on in one episode, and they all feel different. You have. Things that uh, you you have gang violence, you have, and it just uh, it just changes. You you have some very uh, powerful non action sequences with just where uh, there's there's no theatrics, there's no special effects, there's no stunt coordinations. There's just two guys talking. About being vigilantes, yeah, and doing more, you know, and 
probably blowing you away more with the way uh, their dialogue is handled than uh, almost any of the fight scenes. And so uh, I, I think overall this season was better, and it's still probably one of the best shows on television. Yep. Again, totally, totally agree. <laughs> <coughs> what do you think was better, um, Daredevil season two or Jessica Jones season one? Daredevil season two, hands down. Yep. Um, Jessica Jones got uh, started to get lost in the weeds in the middle. Jessica Jones mm. probably would have been better as a ten or eleven episode uh, story. They, I think, they dragged it out a little bit. Um, there, there were stories in Jessica Jones that weren't wrapped up or went nowhere mm. and were somewhat pointless. Yep, I kind of agree. Like, I did like Jessica Jones season one, but I think both seasons of Daredevil were stronger. Um, and, I mean, I understand they want to leave something for hopefully a season two because at the time they didn't know if they were getting a season two or not. Mm. But, um, like... Uh, Nuke or whatever his name was, mm. that was almost pointless. It really didn't go anywhere, and it didn't really add anything to the season. Yeah, I, I mean, I did, I did like that whole character arc, but yeah, I kind of agree. They should have left that as a potential thread to mm-hmm. go on rather than do do it the way that it. <coughs> um, yeah, like uh, this this season of Daredevil was so so good. Like, it, I don't know that there's anything that'll top that, like in TV for this year. <laughs> well, we have we're, we're three weeks away from Cage. Um, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that without having seen Luke Cage. But I mean, look, Luke, Luke Cage has got a lot of work to do to to live up to this. Because I mean, you've you've got like Daredevil himself was was so good in this season, much better than the last season. And then you had like you had the Punisher as well, plus Elektra as the supporting characters. Mm-hmm. And like the fact they brought Kingpin back in as well. And like he was so big and such a big presence in the last season. And the fact that they managed to still have that but not have him take like the focus away from the main storyline that was going on here was so well done. And the, the fact as well that they kept it secret because I didn't know that Kingpin was going to be in it until he was in it, which was uh, fucking blew my mind because I was like, "Yep, Pun- he he's in jail. We're not going to see him." Even when even when Punisher's going to jail and like going to meet somebody, I didn't think it would be Wilson Fisk. Like, no way. <laughs> oh, like I said, I had that ruined for me. But um... yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was such a cool twist, and I just did not expect to see that at all. But my wife didn't know, and after we finished the episode, she went back to check the opening credits to see if they had put his name in there, mm. and they didn't put his name in until um, the end. The yeah. end. So, um, well, I think you needed to have the kingpin in, and it was an interesting. I mean, because we hadn't heard anything else, you know, the first six, seven, eight episodes. I can't remember mm-hmm. what episode he was in. It was either seven or eight. Yeah. Um, but uh, <coughs> you know, we had heard anecdotal, anecdotally again that you know he was taken care of and he was 
upstate. But, you know, we, it was great to see him, and I think it was needed. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, and, and, it, and it just worked well. And it wasn't, uh, and it didn't become the main storyline. It was a little side story. And it and it was worked in well, and uh, then they moved. Then they went back to the regular thing. Mm. And granted, the, the the overall the overall story is still moving forward, but this was just sort of like a, a Punisher one shot in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they left stuff like hanging as well mm-hmm. for both, like the Punisher. Because obviously, mm-hmm. when when the punch is released, it's th- because of the kingpin. Kingpin mm-hmm. is like, yeah, I want you out on the street taking out all the guys that are like filling my void, basically. But so that it's still there when I get out, so I can take back control over his like his empire, and like so that was all that was all him. And you've also got the thing of like he's now looking into Matt Murdock, which could t- tie us into the whole uh, what was the rebirth? I forget what this. Yeah, the rebirth storyline again, where uh, Kingpin dismantles Matt Murdock's life, and I and I, we'll get into that in a second. Um, originally, when I was watching the episode thirteen and uh, the the detective got roughed up, hmm. originally I thought it was the Kingpin's guys who uh, came and got uh, wanted all the, wanted their files. That's what I thought as well. Yeah, but then I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I see." Yeah, the the twenty, like yeah, the twenty targets. So, (laughs) is there anything else you want to say about season two? Um, no, I I think we've pretty much pretty much covered it. Okay, so as we like to do on this show, and you know, we 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 have the patent on the crazy Andy Andy theories. We know season three is coming. I am guessing it's 2018 before we see season three of Daredevil. Um, what do you expect to see in season three? Yeah, so so like like I said, I do think that we're going to see this whole rebirth storyline where we see the Kingpin probably get out of jail on some technicality and... Or, or release early release for good behavior or some nonsense like that. Um, his lawyer working his magic. Uh, we'll see him get out, and we'll see him start to try and take apart Matt's life. So like, start to fuck with, like Matt and his friends. So like Foggy and Karen and anybody else that's involved with him, like Brett, people like that. Uh, we'll see that. We will also see. I don't know that we'll necessarily see Punisher come back in, but I, I think that given the fact that they've they've gone with this sort of precedent and pl- bringing the Punisher in here, I think we bring in someone else next season as like his kind of adversary sort of thing. I think somebody like Blade would be really cool to see in in this sort of role. But if you bring in someone like that, could be too similar to this season, so they might need to go down some different sort of storyline like. But I mean, I think the whole hand thing is going to be mostly wrapped up in the defenders. I think, 
but they might not. They might like save the whole like electric because obviously Electra's going to come back and be a villain. That's what I would assume would happen. That could be in the Defenders, or they could save that for uh, for the next season of Daredevil. So Shadowland in either one of those, and com- and combined with uh, Rebirth. One character that I really want to see come in though, Bullseye. Okay. Because he's one of Daredevil's kind of main villains that we've yeah. not seen yet. Um, I agree that Rebirth is going to be part of season three. Mm. And I think, uh, I think Rebirth can be meant, and if I recall right, there was something to do with Elektra in Rebirth as well. Um, but I think Rebirth is going to be have multiple meanings because not only are you going to have the quote-unquote rebirth of daredevil Mm. but you're going to have the rebirth of electra you're not going to see electra in defenders guaranteed uh she uh, unless she comes in as a villain um in there i don't think i i don't think you put electra in the defenders i think you save that for daredevil season three um (coughs) Punisher will be out on his own. There may be a cam. By then, uh, by then we're going to have a fairly, or, or the the Hell's Kitchen universe is going to be fairly well populated mm. because you're going to have um, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, the Punisher, Elektra, and Daredevil, um, mm. possibly. You know, there's talk of a White Tiger series either in development or something like that. Um, So, and and that's just sticking to the Netflix shows. Whether or not, uh, you know, because of the rights thing, whether or not Cloak and Dagger or any of the other shows would be allowed to cross over in any meaningful way is, you know, we're not not going down that path tonight. but I mean, could you bring in? And we know that I don't even know when Phase Two starts. Is it, does Phase Two start with after the Defenders? Um, I think so. Uh, I mean, I would, I would say that's a logical kind of start point, or maybe that's the end point to Phase One, and then Season Two is uh, Phase Two is whatever comes after that, possibly. And you know, I'm I'm expecting next year is going to be Iron Fist, the Defenders, and I think the Punisher will probably the Punisher will be late next year and kick off Phase Two. With Daredevil yeah, being mean, spring of 2018, mm. I, I think they're definitely smart if they if they do that because uh, with the the Punisher just now he's. The characters kind of riding high off of this like appearance in season two of Daredevil, and people are excited to see what they can do with him in his own show. So they should get that out sooner rather than later. He's getting his own goddamn panel at uh, Com- New York Comic Con. Yeah, so <laughs> jo- John Barenthal is getting his own panel. You know, yeah. the other the other shows are you know there will be a combined panel, but John Barenthal is getting his own panel. Okay, I mean, obviously they'll they'll talk about his Walking Dead stuff and his other acting roles in there as well, probably. But maybe. 
my wife is in charge of coordinating and uh, figuring out what panels we're seeing and when. Um, and I think his is Sunday. Uh, but uh, so the problem with doing Rebirth now is he's bare. And I understand it's, you know, in the comic books you have, by the time Rebirth came around, it was the 80s. So Daredevil had been around for 20, 25 years. And, you know, uh, Nelson and Murdoch had gone from being a fledgling uh, law office to a fairly respected law office. Um, In in terms of the, the actual, like, timeline of those comic books, though, like that's twenty twenty five years in in our time, but that's not twenty years like chronologically in the comic books. No, because as we know, they don't they don't work it like that. But it had been year. It had been a few years because a few years, yeah. Because uh, Nelson and Murdoch had gone from being, you know, uh, a struggling law firm to uh, a profitable law firm and respected mm. and known. Um, <laughs> Which is absolutely not where we're at in the uh, right. Yeah, not in the show right now. Yeah, I, I, I almost think we're kind of in rebirth already, because mm. Nelson and Murdoch is gone. Uh, the re- and Karen Page, I believe, in rebirth, uh, had a drug problem or was recovering mm. from a drug problem. Mm. And part of the reason she left was she found out that Matt was Daredevil. Mm. So, uh, and that she had been gone for a couple of years at that point. Mm. So, um, so I think we're kind of in rebirth already. And, you know, Fisk ruining everything. And, I, you know, I know Matt goes kind of back to religion and... Uh, to, I think to even to stick to some extent, and I think that that's fine. But you know, he in rebirth he he had some distance to fall. Yeah. You know he you know he, he he when he hits bottom, it was because he was close to the top. Yeah, Here well, he's he well and you know he had a good life he. He he was a respected hero. He was a respected attorney. Um, all of that. Here, you know, he's he's you know, he's not at the bottom, but he's certainly nowhere. It's not far to fall. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, bear in mind though that he is going to have the defenders before this mm-hmm. season three comes out. So I mean, that could thrust him into public limelight. Certainly, as Daredevil, um, and like the defenders save the city, the newspaper headline. You can you can kind of see it already, um, and Daredevil's front and center with that. So that kind of puts him up on a higher pedestal, certainly in his Daredevil persona. Anyway, so I like I said, I just think it's too soon to do rebirth, but. So be it. Maybe it's a maybe it's a plot that percolates for another season, and next season is all Electra and dealing with her and whatever. But we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, I agree. 
I, I mean, I think hopefully there will be a few cameos or even guest appearances and team-ups. I'd like to say there's crossovers, but that doesn't really happen in Netflix shows because uh, the series come out uh, all at once. So that's not really feasible unless they actually release two at the same time. Um, well, I mean, you do see bits and pieces of crossover. Like, I mean, obviously Jessica Jones had Luke Cage was a big part in it. Um, we've seen Brett crossover, and we've seen uh, Hogarth as well crossover from Jessica Jones into Daredevil. Right, but it's it's uh, more their guest appearances is the yeah. way I, yeah. versus a crossover where uh, you know half you know like in in the Arrowverse where. You know, half the half the uh, story is in Flash and half the story is in Arrow. Um, yeah, I think they're saving that for the Defenders, really. Yeah. But, uh, so I think there will be some, some crossover, at least, in this one. And, yeah, I think... I guess if I had to guess if anybody was going to uh, make their first appearance in Daredevil next season, it'll be White Tiger. Which I'm meh on at best, but yeah, be interesting to see. I mean, what sort of take they go with with that in the the MCU? I'd I'd love to see Moon Knight pop up, Blade as well. These these are on my wish list. Yeah, I, I I think this first phase, they picked the right heroes to get it going, but I think mm-hmm. we need. And I hate to, to use the phrase comic booky, but I think we need some more comic booky characters. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight um, is a good choice. Cloak and Dagger, whether or not they go to Freeform or not, we'll see. Um, she Hulk, yeah, yeah, has been rumored, yeah. and I would assume that <laughs> every every so often Chip gives me the article from from April first. <laughs> yes, but uh, there's been she other articles, part. so. Yeah. Where there's smoke, I, I there's want, fire. I know, I know. I, I want that show probably more than any other show. She-Hulk show would be amazing. Well, it, was, it would just be so cool to see She-Hulk versus Daredevil and like Jennifer Walters versus Matt Murdock in court. be awesome. And it's so easy to, like, you could see it. You know, I was thinking, I was listening to that when I was watching the episode, I was listening to the names of the, the named partners in Hogarth's firm. Mm-hmm. Waiting to see if Walters was was mentioned and it wasn't, but yeah. Uh, yeah. that that would have been just that would have been a nice Easter egg. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I my my concern is: are they going to be able to top this this season? We said that last season, though, and they did it with flying calls. They. Yeah, absolutely they did, but have they have they used all their tricks? Mm. Like yeah, they have set the bar so high now. Well, yeah, and they, I mean, and the and the the gimmicks that they used this season were were that while this was a Daredevil story, it was more about Elektra and the Punisher than it was about Daredevil. Yeah, and obviously you can't use those like tricks again. Like those are like one trick ponies. They are now you've used that. You can't do the same thing again. If you're gonna do 
a similar thing with different characters, it's not going to have the same gravitas as it did with these characters. What what I think you need to do is you need to have some type of quote unquote rebirth st- storyline, mm. and that might be the the meta story for the season. But then uh, you need one one or two episode story arcs, battles with Bullseye, battle with the Stilt Man. Mm. Um, yeah. you know, throw throw in. Uh, you know, maybe some, maybe you have something to do with Electra going on as well. But you need, uh, I think, you need to start looking into the New York Rogues Gallery. I'm not going to limit it to Daredevil because um, I'm trying to think beyond Bullseye and the Stilt Man. Um, we've already used the Purple Man, who was a Daredevil villain. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who else uh, you could kind of throw in there. The Beetle? He's more of a Spider-Man villain, but mm. uh, some, something like that. Uh, but n- now now you're really getting into the quote-unquote comic booky guys. Bullseye mm. you can pull off pretty easily. Stiltman, goofy, but yeah, you could have it. Um, and then I think you got to be very careful because... Uh, you have the Spider-Man Rogues Gallery, and you're already throwing the Shocker, the Vulture, uh, in over there. So, uh, you know, until they finally admit it's not all connected, uh, you know, uh, you have to be careful of what villains you actually use. And I'm trying to think, who does Daredevil have? But besides. Kingpin, who was actually originally a Spider-Man villain, if I recall. Um, yeah, but I mean, he's more commonly known as a as a Daredevil. Daredevil. I would still, I would still love to see him like go up against Spider-Man as well at some point. But because I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio is a good enough actor to pull that off in a movie oh, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, but we're not we're not going into the crossover know, rant again tonight. But um, so. But you you're gonna have to start watching. Um, there are lines and there are uh, characters that are already slated. You know, you know that the movies have already made claim to whether it's already been in a movie or they have they have it claimed for uh, a future movie. So you have issues with that. I think there were. I think that's one of the issues with some of the guardians to an extent. Um, so, so I've got a list here of of the top ten Daredevil villains. Okay. Okay. So, Punisher. I've seen Punisher already. Um, Mysterio is more traditionally a Spider-Man villain, and I would expect that we'll see him, and he's probably slated to be in a Spider-Man movie in the future because we know that he was being. Mm-hmm. Uh, being thought about for uh, Spider-Man 4 when it was still uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man series. So I think we'll see that in Spider-Man at some point because he's, he's more of a Spider-Man villain. It'll be interesting to see Spider-Man go up against him. Uh, Jester. Okay. Who, I don't know. I don't know Jester <laughs> at all. I've never never heard of Jester. But he's the one that could show up. Um, Typhoid Mary. Yep. It could be kind of interesting. That would fit with um, the tone of the show. Purple Man, obviously, we've seen him and Jessica Jones, and he's been basically he's dealt with. He's I don't think we'll see him come back. 
Uh, Master Fear. Mm, yeah. I don't. I don't know Master Fear. Uh, the Owl. Yeah. Uh, well, Owsley is dead, but I think you could bring his son in yep. as as uh, the the owl. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, the hand, obviously, the hand is going to be a perma villain, I think, for Daredevil and whoever is in control of them. Uh, Bullseye, obviously, like we mentioned, I think, I think Bullseye is kind of the main one that we we want to see. Mm-hmm. Kingpin, of course, uh, we've we've seen Kingpin, and he's going to float about as well. Yeah, that's them all. Okay. Yeah. So. So, so I think I think seen. you could do something where. Uh, it, I think if you're going to mix it up next for for the season three, you have some overall story with with uh, Kingpin. You mm-hmm. probably have some other storyline going with Elektra to an extent, and then maybe the Kingpin is send you know sends Bullseye the Owl and Stiltman after mm-hmm. him. And yeah. you want to, you know, but it, you know, they're only there for a couple of episodes, you know, uh, as part of the overall storyline. Not have them, you know, they're they're not the thirteen episode villain. The kingpin is actually that. And yes, I think like Shield, the hand needs to go away. Yeah. And after the defenders, the hand needs to go away for a while. <coughs> what if they do a time jump? Well, they like, did say, this season yeah. to an extent. Yeah, like say Daredevil season three comes out two thousand eighteen, they pitch it up two years after the events of right now. I think you got to go Well, I think you're Unfortunately because it's going to be 2 years before we see this see, this series or 2 years from when it uh came out in March of 2016. Yeah. Um that's not unreasonable, but right now is a where they left it is a very interesting place. Nelson Murdoch is gone. Karen just found out he's Daredevil. Uh, Kingpin is quote unquote researching. Um, I, I I'm kind of interested in seeing the right after than where it is two years from now. If you do it two years from now, um, it's going to be interesting. What what did Matt do when Nelson and Murdoch folded? I think that he focuses on his Daredevil stuff, but he's also like a freelance lawyer. You mean like, uh, well, freelance lawyers, I guess you could work for a legal aid thing. Yeah. I mean, he takes on like cases for like, not, not down out people, people that say can't afford to pay him. Oh, yeah. they pay him in public bananas. defender. Yeah, yeah, that's about that. That that's probably where he would have to go, uh, 
that that's probably where it is because obviously he still needs a place to sleep. He needs a place to eat. Mm. Um. Yep. So, but yeah, I just, I I I I think there could be a time jump. It could also be that Karen left. If if you're going yeah. to do, um, rebirth, Karen. Karen was gone, and he found her, I think, in an alley, or she found him in an alley and helped him get back on his feet. Mm. So, uh, the, um, yeah, I think there could be a bit of a time jump. You know, there's one thing I wanted to mention that I was, uh, while we were talking about uh, this week's episode, mm-hmm. never saw Avenger, or Stark Tower in the background. I was looking. No, but... Yeah, the I mean the angles that they shoot from and that sort of stuff. You, you, we are mostly street level here, so you don't necessarily see it. It's hidden behind some other building, basically. Is their official explanation explanation for it? Okay, but I mean there was there was enough skyline shots that no, there never could never spotted Stark Tower. But that I'm just getting off topic. Mm. So yeah, I I could see that. While I don't want it to happen, uh, it it may, in that uh, mm. it'll it'll be interesting to see where it starts. But you gotta get through. You have to get through the defenders first. Mm. So, all right. Anything else, Andy, or should we think about wrapping up our Men with Fear series here? Uh, one thing just to cover before we wrap this up is mm. Easter eggs. Okay. So, and I have one Facebook uh, quote we need to read. Okay. Uh, do you want to do that first or do you want to do the Easter eggs first? Do the Easter eggs. Okay, so I want to talk about some of these Easter eggs just in, in brief. So I've got a list of Easter eggs here okay. to, to point out that people might, may or may not have seen. Some of them are, are pretty obvious and some of them are very, very obscure. So, uh, character Mr. Nesbitt, uh, is, who was a member of the Kitchen Irish, was from the comic books, and he was in Punisher Max. Um, there's a sign on, uh, do you remember when uh, Karen, Foggy, and Matt were playing pool? Say, there's a sign in the background that says, Puppies for Sale. Okay. And the sign, the sign says... They are ugly, but they are strong. <laughs> so this is a reference to the dog fighting ring that's been run by the Kitchen Irish. Uh, the character Grottle was also a character in the Daredevil comics. Obviously, like we, we've spoken about this one on the show before, the Dogs of Hell motorcycle gang mm-hmm. was in Agency Shield previously with uh, Lorelai and that, so we, we talked about that one before. It's obviously a different chapter here, but it's... It's a motorcycle gang that clearly permeates the... It's a connection. MCU. Yes, a loose connection, but it's there. <coughs> um, Turk is the guy's name, Stiltman. Uh, he says to Matt, you ain't no Deadeye. Uh, Deadeye is a character in the Marvel comics. Uh, he was part of the uh, Mutant Liberation Front. Okay. Uh, the car that Karen has, and it's she escapes with a grotto in was Ben Urich's car. Yeah. And I believe that's the car she has through the season. Yeah. I think we had mentioned that before. Yeah. Um, there's a quote. Um, Guy was a grim reaper. 
So that obviously references Frank as the Punisher. And obviously we see the skull and whatnot through, throughout the season and whatnot. And you do kind of see that as well. Um, if you remember the, the scene where he kills all the guys in the prison, there's a skull emblazoned on his chest in blood. Okay. Which is, like, I mean, I never noticed that at all, but, like, when you see the picture of it, you're like, oh, yeah, holy shit, there's a fucking skull in that blood. Because <laughs> there's, like, a big spatter of blood, like, in the middle of his, I mean, mm. of his chest. And, uh, yeah, there's a Punisher skull in that chest. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, the DA, uh, the DA Samantha Reyes, was in Jessica Jones season one. I did not know that. But she was in there. Okay. Which, I mean, you think you would remember mm. Reyes because she's like a bit of a bitch. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't, did not remember her at all. But yeah, same DA, so quite cool. Uh, one of the uh, code names that Foggy throws out for uh, Frank is Killdozer. Which is a, which, uh, is a Marvel character, yep. And obviously his name ends up being the Punisher. That's what they end up calling him, and that's obviously his name in the comics. Oh, I want to say Killdozer um, was part of the Wrecking Crew, but I may be wrong. Could could be, could be. Um, I, I don't know, like, Killdozer, but I, I've heard the name before. Um, Killdozer is... You keep looking, yeah, you, I'll, you keep reading, yeah. I'll, I'll do a quick look. Cool. Uh, Blake Tower, who was uh, Reyes' uh, assistant, so he was the ADA, is uh, an important ally to Daredevil in the comics. And I think we'll see him come back next season. He's kind of gone away at the end of this season, but we'll see him come back and probably be the next DA, I would assume. Obviously, again, uh, we saw Melvin with the saw blade, mm -hmm. which is obviously a reference to his gladiator character. And we also see his uh, bulletproof vest, which the the colours and patterns are very similar to his uh, gladiator costume from the comics. Um, so, um, if you remember, uh, Brett at one point says, uh, did I ever tell you what Clemens used to say? Got to treat witnesses like mushrooms, feed him shit and keep him in the dark. He is talking about Detective Oscar Clements, who was the detective in season one of Jessica Jones, who died. What was that? I'm uh, sorry. Uh, you, I remember Detective Clemens was in Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. So Brett mentions him in, uh, in Daredevil. So obviously he, he knew him and was presumably saddened, saddened by his death. Um, in the comic books, Frank has a dog, and it's called Max. And we obviously see him have the dog very briefly here. <coughs> the, uh, the, the dog didn't die, did it? I don't no. know what happened to it. it just kind of disappeared. Uh, the nun that was helping Matt um, at the start of episode three was probably his mother, uh, Margaret Murdoch, who was a nun. Okay. And they've kind of hinted little bits and pieces about that in season one and season you know, that kind of start of season two, but we've never seen it go any further than that. Obviously, if Kingpin continues to dig into Matt, he could quite feasibly find out who his mother is and if she's, if she's still alive, uh, use that against him. 
uh, that that uh, rooftop scene, obviously with between the Punisher and Daredevil, is straight out of the comics, like we've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the Vietnam vet who's from the Third Marine Division that Frank talks to and was eventually killed by uh, the Ginger Ninja Lady is a nod to Punisher's comic book origins because he started out as a veteran of the Vietnam War and he was a in Punisher War Journal he was a lieutenant in the Third Marine Company so nice little nice little mm. nods here, here and there to like the the kind of origins of the the characters. Uh, Claire has been put on night rotation because she <laughs> because she uh, broke Luke Cage out of the hospital at the end of Jessica Jones, and this is her kind of going into the night nurse role. However, we know that she's not going to be the official night nurse because that's going to another person in Doctor Strange, I believe. Yep. They've actually got somebody cast as the night nurse in that, so I'm not sure quite how that's going to play out. I would love it if they just like flipped it and it was clear, and like <laughs> the whole, casting someone else in that role was just a red herring, and you've actually got Claire being the night, the proper night nurse. That would be awesome. Uh, Finn Cooley's death is a nod to his uh, visage in the comics, which is uh, not pretty. Uh, I'll, I'll show you this. Uh, picture but yeah basically he's got his face torn off and who is Finn Cooley this guy he was one of the Irish guys alright <coughs> alright yeah <laughs> got his face absolutely torn off oh that that yeah that's the one that's the guy that he like sticks the, the thing in his eye right yes yeah 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 alright yeah, we do again see Stiltman's legs in the background in Melvin's shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we'll see Stiltman next season. Like they've been teasing it. Like they'll do something with it, whether or not they make him like a bad guy or like some kind of weird vigilante. I don't know. But I'm seeing, like I said, I'm starting to see kind of a uh, if if things go the way I think they will, it'll be some type. He'll be in for an episode or two. You know, yep. as, a, you know, a disposable villain. And then, you know, you might see a couple episodes with Bullseye and a couple episodes with Owlman. Mm. And that, like, uh, Fisk is the one uh, bankrolling all of them. Mm. Uh, there is a Darth Vader drawing on the wall in Frank's house. <laughs> Which I did not notice at all. But, yeah, it's, it's there. Um, but obviously that's a like nod to the fact that Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars. So there you go, Dare, Darth Vader in uh, season two, Daredevil. Uh, obviously, we see a little bit of Frank driving about in a van a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the comics, he has the Punisher van, and I would expect that 100% to show up in the Punisher season. He will have his van full of fucking guns. Yep. And micro microchip will be driving the van and yep running field ops. Mm. Uh, Electra gets a lot of kind of red nods, so she's just like driving a red car, and you see her in red dresses and red robe and uh, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, there's little splashes of red in her costume. But I would say that next season, if she's in next season or if she's in the Defenders or whatever, you're going to see her in proper the full red garb, and probably like. 
I think it would be smart of them to like mostly cover up her face, so like have like the scarf over her, over her, and have the bandana as well. So you've only got like her eye slit basically, so that when Matt eventually has to fight her, doesn't know it's her at first. Okay. And then you get the review, and he's mm. like, "What the fuck? You're supposed to be dead." <coughs> um, Electra's joyride in the car with Matt of in the flashback is straight from uh, the Man Without Fear comic book series. We talked about the the newspapers in Ellison's office about the events, mm. like with the Battle of New York and whatnot. And there's the also, uh, yep. Then there's also one with. Uh, they're talking about Cybertech, who we know created Deathlock and Agents of Shield. Okay. So Shield reference. Yeah. I, I like it when they when they do this, like because you expect them to do like an Avengers one and like one to the Hulk and that sort of stuff, but to have one to Shield is cool. Like, and it shows you that there is someone there going, "Oh yeah, Shield, Cybertech, cool. Let's put that in." People will read this in the background and, and make an internet article about it. <laughs> uh, El- Ellison also uh, makes a reference to the Battle of New York when he says that uh, all the servers were wiped in the incident. Mm. And they just caught the incident. and Like, I mean, it's so under- underplayed in it. Like, oh, the incident. Like, nobody refers to, like, real big things like that as the incident. Like, nobody's calling, like, September 11th an incident. You know, like, it's no, a really I, bad I, thing that happened. I, I think it should be known as the Battle of New York. Yeah, yeah. They should just say during the Battle of New York. Because everyone knows what that mm. is, and it's kind of iconic, and it's this real, like, turning point in the MCU, to be honest, where all these things have spread up from. Like, you wouldn't have the Kingpin without that. Right. And therefore, you wouldn't have Daredevil and all the things that followed on from it. Uh, there's also an article in the pa- in the paper uh, reporting about Punisher's arrest, and it references a lost city. So they reckon that this is a nod to Kunlun. Yeah. And we're going to see more about Kunlun in, in Iron Fist. So. Yes, we are. Yep. Uh, we know that Marcy gets hired by HCMB, which is obviously Hogarth's law firm, and obviously they offer foggy... Uh, they offer Foggy the uh, job later on, and we get the Jessica Jones reference and her uh, problematic habits. <laughs> uh, Roxon as well gets a couple of mentions, and it's uh, it was during the stuff with Elektra. Um, and obviously we've seen that before in several MCU properties, including all three of the Iron Man movies, Ain't Shield and Agent Carter. And I do like how these, like, these companies do permeate the... The MCU, even though like we're not seeing characters and stuff crossover, we do have like these companies yeah. kicking about in in all the shows, which is good. It's sort of connected. Mm. At the try, it's sort of connected. Hashtag, it's sort of connected. Yeah. <laughs> at the the try at the Punisher trial, uh, Frank's indictment number is one nine eight six, which was the year of release for the Punisher's first solo comic. Okay. January, oh, 1986, all right. Yeah, 1986. Yep. Um, this is obviously the year. Uh, the case against the Punisher is labeled as the People versus Frank Castle, which, which is also the name of the first issue of the Trial of the Punisher. Okay. 
see, like, there's so many nods, like, mm-hmm. that you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even think about, and you're just like, oh, yeah, of course, like, this, of course it is, but there's a lot more than in, in, in last season. Um, Mr. Hirochi is a leader of the faction of the Hands in the comic books when it splinters after Electra's death, and he eventually attempts to instate Matt Murdock as the leader, if you remember that whole thing going on in the comic books. <laughs> No, I don't remember that. Well, yeah, it, it did happen. I don't think it was they were very successful in getting Matt to actually take control of it. But I think they they tried to persuade him that they could use the hand for good. <laughs> like Matt would be able to mold the hand into his own image and use them to as his own private army sort of thing. But I don't think it ever got going properly. Uh, when Stick rescued Matt and Electra from the ninjas at the pit, he cut off one of their hands. Obviously, that's kind of foreshadowing to uh, the ninjas belonging to the hand. And also, phase two, the cutting off of the hand, as has always happened in, in this time. Oh, there so we go, yes. The, um, the Empire strikes back again. <laughs> Someone always loses a hand. <coughs> um, Stick also kicks one of the ninjas into the pit, much like from... Uh, uh, King Leonidas kicked somebody into a pit in the movie 300. Okay. Uh, obviously, um, Frank Miller created 300 as well. Mm-hmm. True. And and created Stick. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of a, a reference into that. A very kind of loose reference. Obscure, but okay. Yeah. Uh, there's several mentions of a rising and a rising tide, including when Fisk says. The tide raises all ships. Mm-hmm. Do you remember in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the rising tide, tide was the activist group that Sky belonged to? And now I don't think that that's actually like tied in, but if it is, it's a cool nod, but I don't, I don't think it really is. Uh, the blacksmith is a real character from the Marvel comics, and Ray Schoonover was not who it was in the comic books. Uh, he was Frank's commander, commanding officer in the comic books, but they were not otherwise tied in together. Okay. Uh, Like I mentioned uh, in a previous episode, the newspaper in the folder with Karen's name on it was about the mysterious circumstances surrounding the car accident that killed her brother, which has been kind of hinted at since uh, season one. We still don't know the full circumstances behind that and how she was specifically involved because it doesn't mention her anywhere in the article. But we might get more of that next season. Uh, Fisk's lawyer... Benjamin Donovan was uh, originally a Luke Cage character, and his alias was Big Ben. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Which, uh, he was a lawyer in Harlem, so mm-hmm. we might see him pop up in Luke Cage. And yeah, cool. I hope he comes in as Big Ben. <laughs> like, hey, I'm Big Ben. Cool. He's not a big guy at all, but yeah, interesting. The uh, the Greek paintings on the walls in the home of the couple who adopts Electra are obviously a nod to her Greek origins, and this this is the Natios family clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, remember the Stick's friend who he killed to protect yep. Electra. His name is Star, and he was a fellow member of the Chase. The Chase. Right, and we we kind of <laughs> assumed that. Yeah. Uh, Wilson Fisk and Frank Castle are obviously both put into cell block D at the prison, which is 
a reference to the uh, the devil in cell block D, which was a Daredevil storyline. Right. <laughs> and uh, we see uh, we see a poster on uh, Melvin's wall in this, in his shop, which says uh, "La Venganza de los Gladiator Gladiores." Yeah. Poster on his wall, as well as like plans for his gladiator suit. So he he's gonna become the gladiator at some point, surely. Well, Ed, the- I think there was a reference uh, in something. In a recent article, you know, saying that Daredevil re- realizes next season he can't do it all alone. Yep. So, you know, we keep assuming a White Tiger or, you know, we're going to have Luke Cage and Punisher cameos. Maybe his, maybe the guy that comes and helps him is Melvin. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see that. Like, Melvin is actually, like, kind of an interesting character, the way they've put him through so far in the, in the show. Um, they kind of like in season one, the Praetorium is like kind of really dumb, but they've upped his intelligence a little bit in season two, and like he he seems he doesn't seem simple anymore, which is he kind of seems in season one. Right. It's, I think Daredevil's kind of rubbing off on him in the right way. So it would make sense for him, like, and Daredevil gets into trouble, Melvin comes to the rescue. Yeah, and maybe, <coughs> maybe. Okay, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be some type of battle between... Uh, uh, Turk is going to steal the Stiltman armor. Mm-hmm. Daredevil's going to be battling uh, Turk. And uh, Melvin's going to come and rescue him. Mm. Yep, I'd love to see that. That That's like dream stuff. <laughs> Um, the obviously we spoke about the Billy Club already. Uh, the way that Stick kills Nobu and then hides his sword in his trench coat mm-hmm. is a nod to the movie Highlander. I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> yes. that movie, but uh, the Clancy Brown who plays Colonel Schoonover in Daredevil, mm-hmm. he was in that movie and played a character called Victor Kruger. Uh, the the blackboard in Josie's bar in the final episode reads "It's a cold day in Hell's Kitchen," which is obviously also the name of the episode. So that's where we get our title from for that episode, from straight from Josie's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, through throughout the uh, the season, we see the uh, the Atlas investment sign across the hall from Nelson and Murdoch, and Atlas was obviously the publishing company that eventually became Marvel, Marvel. Comics. And I think I think we spoke about that in, in season one as an Easter egg as well, because I'm sure it was there in season one as well. And finally, the last one, which I think is actually the most interesting one. There's a lot of like pretty good ones there. But this one is really cool. You know, So remember Frank pulls out the CD that says Micro on it? Yeah. And obviously Micro is an ally of his in the comics. But... Michael's already been mentioned in the MCU because he was a contact that Sky had on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the Rising Tide. Hmm. So that's actually a really cool tie. Yeah, that works. So I'd, like I say, we probably won't see the actual character crossover because we, we haven't ever seen him in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he will be in uh, Punisher for sure. And see, that would be somebody that would that would make a cool crossover character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But 
because of yep. licensing and contracts. Mm. So I've got one question for you before we like okay. move on to the, the Facebook thing. The ginger lady, who is that? I was trying to figure that out. I had no idea. Did we ever get a name for her? Don't think so, no. And I don't have the cast list up to see if they had a name for her, so... I do have uh, the information I killed those or before we uh, get to our Facebook uh, message. And okay. Killdozer it was actually part of the Stain International group known mm -hmm. as Trinity, or the Iron Trinity. And uh, it was Killdozer, Heavy Metal Jacket, and Steel Fist. And they battled the Falcon. Oh, okay. So... Obscure Marvel character at best, but mm. so, all right. Let me get pull up that Facebook thing again. It should be right over here. If my computer wants to play nice. I had it up. Mm -hmm. Now it's being a dick. Come on, there we go. All right. This comes from Mike Shear. Just listened to episode eleven and realized how much I have forgotten. Great news, I get to watch season two again. Many thanks. <laughs> so, so well, thank you, Mike, and thank you for following and uh, what, and listening to us. Uh, and so, Andy, I guess we're wrapping up. I guess we're wrapping up Men with Fear. We'll be back in a year or two. Yeah. So, um, Andy, when you're not cowering in fear, where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me absolutely cowering with fear from Ali every, uh, every Tuesday on liveonallgames.com at 1.30 Eastern, 4.30 no, 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time on 42 Level 1. We talk movies, TV shows, and video games. This week's episode is the penultimate episode before we move to episode 200 where oh, I, i'm wow. just going to plug it just now because the, this is episode 199 this week and then next week's episode is episode 200 where we are doing our uh, vault 42 which is where we're going to lock in the best 42 games of all time and number them in order 42 to 1 that is going to be one long ass episode and you guys do nope. long ass episodes we're going to knock this one out in two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Anyways, well, let me be the first to congratulate you on 200 episodes. That is a... We're not we... there yet. We, we, might, we might fall out before the end of that one. <laughs> <laughs> it may be your last episode is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, congratulations on 200. I know uh, what a milestone that is anybody who does podcasting although we got to be coming up on 200 soon too um yeah, one 150-ish yeah well we do more a lot of times we've done more than one episode a week but anyways um okay but uh congratulations on hitting 200 thank you 
And I can be found Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern on allgames.com as well on the B-Team podcast with my co-hosts Fred, Ryan, and Eli, where we talk games, we talk tech, we talk some movies and TV from time to time. And uh, it's available on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can always find links to our videos and others and articles that Fred puts up over at the bteampodcast.com. I also do a show now on Thursday nights called uh, Knuckleballer Radio with my co-host. Uh, well, lately it's only been Normie, but uh, supposedly Sean and Eli are go- coming back sometime in the near future. And who knows what we're going to talk about. Uh, last week, uh, we talked food again. We talked... I um, can't remember what Normie... Uh, I, I, we talked about Normie's Ken doll having a penis. Mm-hmm. And we talked about uh, the fact that somebody stole all the peers off of my peer tree. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean was supposed to be there, so I figured it was going to be the Apple episode. And then Sean got called away last minute, so uh, yeah. Did the peer episode? We, 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 I, I bitched about somebody stealing all the peers off of my peer tree. <laughs> so, but check it out; it's a good time. Uh, and it's called Knuckleballer Radio, and it's available on iTunes and Stitcher. And uh, so, we're done with Men with Fear. We what? One last thing. One yeah. Last thing. There's obviously always there's always one last thing. There's always one last. Thing. I find out the character uh, of uh, this ginger ninja lady. Okay. Her name's Tyler. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing, Andy. We we were all an dying. underwhelming, an underwhelming one last <laughs> thing. There we go. <laughs> so basically, we're going to be. Uh, this is the end of Men with Fear until uh, season three. Uh, we will be doing a Luke Cage series, probably. In uh, the December, yeah. uh, we will have our first episode of it probably just before, uh, probably in the next few weeks, uh, as a primer. So be, we will let you know the name of that when we're ready to reveal it, if you haven't figured it out already. And um, next, our next episode, we will be back and doing she- uh, to Agents of Shield cast and discussing actually Agents of Shield. With our infamous uh, season three recap and our thoughts on what is going to be happening in season four. Uh, until then, uh, just remember we are all just one bad day from being the Punisher. See you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>